of CorbettReport.com. And of course, you're tuned into Corbett Report Radio here on the Republic Broadcasting Network. And we're broadcasting to you tonight via the auspices of the Internet at RepublicBroadcasting.org and also to all of those listening via terrestrial radio at KHFX 1140 in Dallas-Fort Worth. A welcome to you and a welcome to everyone who's listening, one and all, no matter where you are or how you're listening tonight. I want to thank you for tuning into the radio broadcast this evening. And again, I think we have a very interesting broadcast lined up for you tonight. Not only will we be opening the phone lines and taking your calls on whatever might be on your mind and on your radar this evening, we're also going to be going over some headlines that I think are important to be keeping our eye on as the world spins seemingly more and more out of control and uh, we will also uh, be talking to, of course, James Evan Pilato of FoodWorldOrder.com. And as many of you will know, he is my co-host at NewWorldNextWeek.com, the video weekly video series where we go through three news stories in a bite-sized YouTube format, 10 to 15 minutes of us going back and forth on three news stories that we think are important. And the most recent edition of New World Next Week just went up earlier today, and uh, it's covering some stories that, well, we've been covering for a, uh, a while here on Corbett Report Radio, including, of course, the drone stories that we've been covering in some depth here on the broadcast. So if you go to uh, my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Corbett Report, or if you go to newworldnextweek.com, you can watch this week's edition of that video series. But as I say, we're going to be getting into some news headlines and things that are going on. As I say, the world just seems seemingly getting crazier and crazier and the headlines just more and more outrageous here are just a few of the headlines that i will hope we'll have time to cover but we probably won't be able to get to all of these stories tonight but some of the things that are on my radar right now uh, something that just came up on bbc news very very recently syria crisis russia circulates surprise un resolution very interesting. And if you go and read into that story, it's basically saying that the uh, Russians have seemingly, uh, I guess, taken the uh, the initiative here and started a U.N. Security Council resolution about Syria calling for an end to the violence, but not calling for sanctions, not calling for any military intervention or humanitarian love bombs a la Obama in Libya. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. And uh, people will ask what I think Russia is really trying to do here and why they're not standing up more firmly for in defense of Syria overall and and what's really all this ploy is about. And honestly, I couldn't tell you. It would just be speculation. I, I really can't parse what Russia and China is doing in this game and why they are waiting so long to really try to head things off. But, uh, but maybe they do understand the implications of what a, a, an intervention in Syria really would be like. So they're trying to give at least to some ground, a little middle ground between uh, the NATO forces and themselves. We'll see what, how that develops. Um, another headline I think is extremely interesting from the Register tonight, register.co.uk, cops target climate skeptic bloggers in three countries, talking about how uh, the police in three different countries now have either seized or are going to seize computer hard drives related to climate bloggers' uh, websites. And this relates to the ClimateGate 2 investigation that's taking place. Of course, more emails from the University of East Anglia leaking out earlier 
uh, this year, uh, in fact, just last month, uh, right before the Durban Climate Conference. So that investigation is ongoing, and apparently now they're targeting specific climate bloggers. Some interesting stuff going on there. At any rate, we will be opening up the phone line, so if you want to get in on tonight's broadcast, 1-800-313-9443. That's 1-800-313-9443, and we'll be back with more on Corbett Report Radio right after this. Broadcast friends, James Corbett here of CorbettReport.com, and you are tuned into Corbett Report Radio here on this Thursday evening, and tonight we're going over the headlines, we're taking your phone calls, and later on in the latter half of the broadcast, we will have none other than James Evan Pilato of MediaMonarchy.com to go over one of his sister websites, FoodWorldOrder.com, and we'll be talking about food, health, and environment-related issues so I am looking forward to that, and I'm sure many of you out there are as well. But as I say, we're going over some headlines right now, and uh, I just want to go through a couple that I think are exceptionally important, and I certainly hope you guys have on your radar. And one of them is, unfortunately, another piece of bad news related to the NDAA, the National Defense Authorization Act for Fiscal Year 2012, a.k.a. the the end of America as we know it, and we have been going over this bill in some detail now with, with Eric Schein and with last night's guest, Madison Rupert of com, and everyone's coming to the same conclusion that this is really, I mean, martial law in the most blatant and tyrannical form that I think has really ever been put into black and white, the annals of legal history like this. When you look back in history, even even Hitler, even Stalin, even Mao, none of these people who did all of these terrible, horrible, unthinkable things to their own people and and to others, uh, the, these unspeakable tyrannies, not even they put this into black and white legislation like this, where they they put it right there in front of everyone's face. So the the, the absolute brazenness of this is just getting more and more insane. Of course, for those of you who don't know about NDA, this is the act that will allow U.S. troops on U.S. soil to arrest U.S. citizens and detain them indefinitely without a trial uh, just because they've been declared uh, either terrorist or terrorist sympathizers. And basically, as we know, in this day and age, that means anyone the government doesn't like. So more on that. Unfortunately, coming out uh, today, indefinite detention bill passes in the Senate on Bill of Rights Day this is from Huffington Post, but I'm getting it via blacklistednews.com, so I'll just read you the opening of this story. Exactly 220 years to the date after the Bill of Rights was ratified, the U.S. Senate vote today voted 86 to 13 in favor of the National Defense Authorization Act for fiscal year 2012, allowing the indefinite detention and torture of Americans. After a back-and-forth in recent days between both the Senate and House yielded intense criticism from Americans attempting to hold on to their constitutional rights, NDAA FY 2012 is now on its way to the White House, where yesterday the Obama administration revealed that the president would not veto the legislation, canceling a warning he offered less than a month earlier. Wow, what a shock there. Obama's not going to veto this? It's, it's going to go ahead? Wow, I never would have suspected that old uh, don't-throw-me-in-the-briar-patch tactic from uh, Obama. 
Uh, and really, truly, this should not be surprising to anyone. And unfortunately, perhaps we've become so desensitized to this type of over-the-top tyrannical legislation that we don't even get upset about it anymore. And that's something that I'm beginning to fear as they get further and further into insanity with their tyranny the more and more we're just uh, going to get, I guess, conditioned into accepting it. So we really have to shake ourselves and, of course, each other and the people out there who don't know anything about this at all out of our dogmatic slumbers and really start to get really, uh, I, I don't even have the words for it. We have to get active about this on every level. This, for any American out there right now, has to be one of the most important things. You are literally seeing your country and everything it has stood for and not just that but everything that the entire western legal system since the magna carta in 1215 has stood for habeas corpus and the, and the right to have a trial and all of these things which people have literally fought and died for for centuries now just being stripped away just like that by the traitors in the senate who have passed it on punted it on to obama and no doubt will be signed or robo-signed even by the dictator-in-chief. And unfortunately, that epithet is becoming more and more apt each day. Here's just another example, the NDAA 2012. Mark it in your calendars, folks, the day that America officially died or what was left of it. So absolutely, people have to be really, really concerned about this and spreading the word about this and ringing the alarm bell about this because as we know, with the recent revelations that the FEMA camps are now getting staffed up by KBR, uh, we really have a huge situation on our hands. And, of course, I'm seeing this as a Canadian all the way in Japan right now. But uh, just looking at what's happening in America, I know that this is bad news, especially for Americans, of course, but for people everywhere around the world who this legislation affects. Because what happens in America happens eventually in the rest of the Western world. And it won't be long before Japan and Canada and Australia and all of the other supposed Western democracies are signing up and bringing this type of legislation on board, assuming it gets passed and assuming the American people don't put up enough of a fight to stop this legislation from going through. And who knows at this point what can be done. Uh, writing to your congressman clearly isn't enough, and it's already sailed through and it's about to be signed into law. So an extremely important story that I have uh, every reason to believe we'll be continuing to come back to time and again in the coming weeks and months as we start to see the ramifications of this absolutely off-the-charts tyrannical legislation. But unfortunately, wait there, it gets even worse. I'm getting this update from, uh, it's from by Madison Rupert of com. I'm getting this via the Intel Hub at theintelhub.com, and this went up yesterday in less than 24 hours, Congress could vote to change the Internet forever. And this is talking about the so-called SOPA Act, the Stop Online Privacy Act, which, uh, again, is just another tyrannical piece of legislation that unfortunately seems set to really and truly curtail so many Internet freedoms that people have taken for granted. Very, very worrisome yet again. So let's get into the gory details of this legislation this article, again, in less than 24 hours, Congress could vote to change the Internet forever. It says, quote, Tomorrow, the House Judiciary Committee, that's today, the 15th of December, is going to vote on H.R. 3261, the Stop Online Privacy Act, or SOPA for short. As I have previously outlined, this legislation would destroy the Internet as we know it 
and severely impinge on free speech and the spread of information. If this passes committee, which all indications say it likely will, it could be voted on by the whole of the House of Representatives at any time. Individuals and corporations, both large and small, are stepping up to fight back against the draconian SOPA legislation and the Senate's sister legislation, the Protect IP Act. And just as a side note, you'll notice once again this Orwellian doublespeak rhetoric that they use to cloak the real intent and nature of these types of uh, tyranny, tyrannical acts, the Patriot Act and the Protect IP Act, which of course are the exact opposite of patriotism, the exact opposite of protecting Internet property, Internet intellectual property. Continuing with the article, however, there is a significant lobby that is pushing back against the tide of freedom and liberty in an attempt to severely restrict the Internet. As the American Civil Liberties Union pointed out in a congressional hearing, SOPA will restrict non-infringing online content right along with the infringing content the bill is supposedly aimed at combating. By contemplating an order that effectively bars others from gaining access to both infringing and non-infringing content, the proposed statute goes beyond appropriate First Amendment free speech protections, the ACLU said. And that's just another one from the long line of understatements of the year from the ACLU, who in a lot of cases does some good work, but unfortunately sets a lot of bad precedents as well, and in some cases looks not like nothing other than controlled opposition, because uh, ACLU seems just about as effective as the NRA in, is in protecting the Second Amendment. The ACLU, ACLU is in protecting things like freedom of speech. So we'll see what happens with that. All I know is that uh, this, this bill, regardless of whether it passes committee, and I believe, I guess there must be a decision on that already. I don't know what it's been, so if you happen to know, please call in and let us know. But all I know is that uh, if and when this legislation gets passed, it will be undoubtedly used as an uh, another tool that the uh, the globalists have to crack down on the free and open internet without which i wouldn't be coming to you today and none of the work or information that you're getting on a daily basis would be possible where literally now we can get news and information instantaneously from anywhere on the globe reported by the people themselves and not journalists who are beholden to their editors who are in the back pocket of the globalists so once again, it cannot be stressed highly enough just how important the Internet is in everything that the Corbett Report certainly stands for and that all of the uh, the various programs and things that you're hearing on RBN stand for. So I hope that you uh, take this at least as seriously as the NDAA because it's really two sides of the same coin. In fact, all of these stories are really related when you step back and start taking a look at the bigger, bigger picture that they never want you to look at because they never want you to connect the dots between the police state that they're slotting into place and the FEMA camps that they're now starting to get staffed and get ready to to start implementing their, their martial law plans, and the NDAA, which basically gives them their legal cover to do whatever they want and never have to face their prosecution, their day in court for the crimes that they've committed in destroying the United States of America and this Internet-killing bill that will really enable them to get away with it uh, if they are able to shut down the Internet and people aren't able to use that as a source of information on stories like this and the economic collapse and the military uh, interventionism going on around the globe. Again, so much going on right now. It is truly mind-boggling. And on that note, we have just so much more to go through in tonight's episode of the broadcast. But again, 
I don't want to just sit here and talk to myself. If you want to get in on tonight's broadcast, it is 1-800-313-9443, 1-800-313-9443. And you can get in and let us know what you think about these stories or what else might be on the radar, because as I say, there's so much going on in the world tonight that not my, not myself, not yourself, not anyone out there could possibly keep their, their finger on all of these triggers or keep all of these balls in the air. There are so many things. This is the time that the globalists like to slip something in under the radar. So on that note, we're going to take a short break, but we'll be right back with more Corbett Report Radio. Sure, because I am the president. President Jimmy Carter. Welcome back, friends. Welcome back to the broadcast. We are rocking in the free world here on Corbett Report Radio, so it's great to have you on board for this evening. And just as an update as on what I was talking about in the last segment there regarding the N, uh, sorry, not the NDA, the, uh, the other legislation, the SOPA Act, which we were reading from Madison Rupert's uh, article, in less than 24 hours, Congress could vote to change the Internet forever. Well, just looking on thomas.loc.gov, the status of the, the bill, uh, what I'm reading here, it says, latest major action on December 14, 2011, House Committee, Subcommittee Actions, Status, Subcommittee on Intellectual Property, Competition, and the Internet Discharged. So I have absolutely no idea what that means. I, I'm not sure if that means it's out of committee or still in committee. So again, if anyone out there can fill me in on what that's all about, please do so, and I will be checking into it myself after the show. So Hopefully we'll have more on that, uh, that very, very important story. Again, so much, so much uh, legislation coming out. All of a sudden, it really does make you think it's a coordinated effort. But while we're on the Internet subject, uh, here's another very interesting story. This one was emailed in by a listener. So, again, thank you for all the tips, the links, and suggestions you email in. And again, I don't have uh, the chance to reply to each person personally who, who does contact me through CorbettReport.com slash contact, but I do appreciate these links. And here's one that was sent in, a very interesting story from Yahoo Tech uh, at news.yahoo.com from yesterday. Facebook sends user a CD collecting his entire social networking history. And it reads, Sure, we know that Facebook has an unnervingly huge stash of knowledge on each of its users, but just what does all of that virtual activity add up to? One 24-year-old in Austria had that reality, che- uh, that reality check delivered, literally, after requesting a copy of all of the personal data that the social network had stored over the years. Facebook sent Vienna resident Max Schrems a CD stuffed with 1,222 massive PDF files worth of status updates, login info, likes, and more. The CD included a tome of info collecting friend requests, former or alternative names and email addresses, employment and relationship statuses and photos, in some cases with their GPS locations included, not to mention plenty of data that Schrems was under the impression that he had deleted from Facebook entirely. Very, very interesting story. And it goes on to say that because of European privacy laws, uh, people in in Europe, especially in the UK and Ireland, can specifically request to get uh, 
a Facebook CD with all of the information that Facebook has on you. So if there are any European listeners out there listening in on the Internet, uh, why don't you try this and see what you can get? Uh, hopefully you're not on Facebook at all, like I am not and never plan to be. But uh, but if you are, if you're unlucky enough to be, you might as well find out what they've got on you. But we only have a couple minutes here until the break, but we do have a call around the line, so why don't we go to the calls. Uh, John from Alberta, thanks for calling in tonight. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. How are you doing? I'm, I'm doing uh, a little concerned, I guess. Um, uh, this uh, uh, authorization bill, like uh, the military authorization bill, is like freaking me out of it. As it should be, as it should be. But but you're in Alberta. You're a Canadian. What's your take on this from your Canadian perspective? Well, um, we have a, a government up here that is like a harmonizing uh, an awful lot of like what goes on down there, and like uh, I can easily see them sneaking through through um, you know the security and prosperity program agreement thing that uh, Harper and uh, Obama have cooked up, that uh, it could easily extend to the uh, inside the borders of Canada, that uh, anybody can be picked up. Unfortunately, right. And in fact, it not just could, it already is to a certain extent. You mentioned the SPP, the Security and Prosperity Partnership, that started in 2005. And uh, that, that kind of died an official death in 2009. But it's still continuing, of course, as we all know. It's just under different names. And Obama and Harper, as you point out, just signed a new border agreement that allows even more cooperation between America and Canada to the point where they're going to have joint teams of law enforcement officers that can uh, actually operate on either side of the border. Exactly. Very, very They can come into stuff. Canada. They can come into Canada. Exactly right, and conduct investigations and arrest people. So this is getting insane, really. It's, it is North American Union in all but name. Well, I think it's a done deal, but... Uh, you know, we we. Uh, what do you think can be done, like um, um, to um, avert uh, the uh, uh, the nastiness that is going to be like confronting everybody? Like, uh, what do you think can be done? The question is, can something be done to avert it at all? And that's a question that I can't answer. I don't know the answer to that. All I know is that we have to be here informing people about it, warning people about it, telling people about it, because there is not or doesn't seem to be a critical mass of people at this point in time to actually do something about it. But when it comes, as we know it's going to come, if people are at least mentally prepared for what's coming and if they've been prepared for knowing what this is all about, I think they're going to have a much better chance of being able to do something about it at that point, because unfortunately so many people don't wake up until something catastrophic happens, and that's what we want to avoid. But uh, if we can't avoid it, we have to at least get mentally prepared for it and get other people prepared. So, John, in Alberta, thank you so much for your call. I appreciate it very much. And we're going to take another short break here on Corporate Report Radio. But when we come back, we'll have James Evan Pilato of FoodWorldOrder.com to go over food, health, and the environment. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth.
Welcome back to the broadcast, friends. James Corbett here, CorbettReport.com. You're tuned into Corbett Report Radio here on this Thursday evening and Thursday nights. In the last half of the program, we've got James Evan Pilato of Media Monarchy with us here, and you might remember him from such online viral YouTube video news updates as New World Next Week at NewWorldNextWeek.com. But at any rate, I'm sure many of you do know James's work. If not, please check it out at MediaMonarchy.com. Tonight, we're going to be talking about one of his sister sites, foodworldorder.com, and we're going to be talking about the latest in food, health, and the environment. So, James, great to have you back on the program. But first up, I think you have an uh, update about that Internet bill. About the, yeah, the, the SOPA bill. You, you got me wondering about it, the Stop Online Piracy Act. SOPA tweet triggers political explosion, delays vote. Declan McCullough of CNET writes about the marathon debate in the House was derailed when Representative Steve King of Iowa tweeted, quote, we are debating the Stop Online Piracy Act, and Sheila Jackson has so bored me that I'm killing time by surfing the Internet, end quote. And, and they objected, and the hearing ground to a sudden halt. So we may have to brace ourselves to see what happens here on December 16th, tomorrow, Friday, here in the States. Yeah, I don't remember that part of the uh, when bills become law, you know, Saturday morning cartoon. Anyway. <laughs> the tweet about yeah. it, exactly. <laughs> Anyway, okay, well, shifting then into foodworldorder.com, and as I say, if people aren't checking this out, they should be, because I just noticed myself, you've got daily updates here, tons of information coming out every day on Food World Order, so I don't know what you want to hit up, what what do you got up for us first? Well, and I think that that has been the great thing, actually, about you and I taking on these these Food World Order updates, is as soon as we kind of locked in to do it, I thought, oh, well, I've got to have a content then, so I've I've tried to step it up and make sure that I get new content on the site, at least, you know, posted every day. So if if folks would go to the site right now, they would see what I put up on all the sites pretty much on Thursday nights as I prepare, prepare for my live radio show Friday mornings. I put up what I call kind of a news purge, and that's generally just the collection of headlines that I either didn't have time for or perhaps just don't warrant a, a post in and of themselves. But if they go to foodworldorder.com right now, they'll see the 12-15 binge and purge nanotech, girl hunter, and more. And the first one, I think, is a highly important one about nanotechnology in food. And we've got a couple different stories, one going to organicconsumers.org. In the absence of regulations, nonprofit releases new framework for companies to evaluate safety. And this is Dateline, San Francisco. A first-of-its-kind framework released offers recommendations to food and food packaging companies on how to identify and evaluate nanomaterials in products. Not only is this technology unregulated and untested for its implications on public health, but companies may not even be aware if they're using products made with nanomaterials. The sourcing framework for food and food packaging products containing nanomaterials presents what companies should ask about their suppliers regarding the safety of products containing nanomaterials. So the quick breakdown for myself and many other folks out there, Nanotechnology is the science of manipulating matter at the molecular scale to build structures, tools, or products. This emerging science offers many new opportunities for food industry applications, such as nutritional additives, stronger flavorings, and colorings. But what this is talking about is the food packaging. We're not, not even talking about the actual food that we may digest that may have nanomaterials just this new style of packaging. So in the absence of any kind of regulation or any kind of testing on what it's going to do, 
independent, I believe, and other nonprofit groups have stepped up to say, you know, let's look at this. Have you discussed nanotech very much on, on your sites? Almost nothing at all on nanotech, actually, and it is uh, an extremely important thing and becoming, of course, more and more important as the technology develops, so it's something that we need to get into, and it's it, it's really overwhelming fighting not only the, the good fight against RGBH and milk and things like that, but then the GMOs and now nanotech, and it's like the technology is evolving faster than we can even keep up with, let alone fight against. Well, it's, it is really kind of amazing because just as you were even saying it, it's like, yeah, because just as we figure out, you know, what to look for and, you know, high fructose corn syrup and all those things, you know, the word's kind of out for the most part, thankfully, on a lot of those things. But this nanotechnology, I mean, we're, we're talking 21st century space-aged style technologies. And it could package our food and we don't know what it's going to do or how it's going to affect us, but, uh, hell, let's go for it. Indeed, yeah, no, it's it's exactly like that, isn't it? It's the exact same way that GMOs and things have been just slipped in and then have the debate about it well, well after the fact. I think that's the kind of the template that they're going to use for all of these things. And again, it's not to say that nanotech couldn't be used in a, in a great way to, to improve things, but I think we have to be careful about how it's being done and when it's being done by the usual suspects of, you know, the big, uh, big, big, big food, then um, it's going to be controlled by the same people who are interested in they're implementing their depopulation agenda, and I think we have to keep that in mind. Now, we do at least have just the handful and smattering of, of well-meaning and decent folks within our Congress here in the States. A couple of days ago, Dennis Kucinich, Democrat rep out of Ohio, put out uh, a press release and also announced legislation. And his press release that even goes you know, just to his website, kucinich.house.gov, is about protecting our food supply from manufactured crises. We must take steps to prevent genetically engineered organisms from being grown in a way that could do irreversible damage to our food supply. Under pressure from profit-minded industry, we have already allowed the spread of genetically modified crops into our agriculture at great cost to our economy and with unknown effects on our bodies, said Kucinich. So, James, I think that pretty much continues the nanotech idea, and you correctly yeah, tied in GMO to that. Yeah, unfortunately, it is of a piece, and uh, and again, I think they're just developing a template for trying to bring these types of uh, technologies to market before people have a chance to have any say over them or even any understanding what it is. I mean, ask the average person what nanotech in food actually means, and most people have a dim if understanding, if any at all, including myself. I'm largely ignorant on this issue. It's an extremely important issue, but just not one... But I've been researching uh, hard enough, I guess. I think maybe maybe something I said last week was, you know, starting the food site just as starting, you know, the cyberspace war or the religion site or, or any of the other areas that I that I cover makes me go in search of news sources for those. And I follow and collect and subscribe to a lot of feeds, and that's pretty much how I kind of source together and do things. Of course, in addition to the fantastic news tips from from everybody out there as you were referencing just a little bit ago. But a site that I I catch interesting things from now and again is called confectionarynews.com. And it's interesting, I think, because it's essentially not really for the general public. It's meant for people in kind of the food production industry. And, James, here is some good news for you. Machine prevents marshmallow shape loss. A new machine. (laughs) Thank God. (laughs) At last. 
at last, that's that's what money and all the R and D and everything's going into is keeping our marshmallows with their shape. So if we wonder, you know, about the hell in a handbasket, it maybe lies in things like that. <laughs> what is the shape of a marshmallow anyway? I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's cylindrical. Now I won't uh, I won't take the time to try and run down and give you every kind of headline that that's on Food World Order. As I said, I maybe just kind of cherry picked some of the stories that'll maybe whet people's appetites to go check check some of these things out. And oh, you know, I forgot I was going to mention maybe at the very top of the show that I did. And coming into this, I did just have a nice home cooked meal of of stir fry. Maybe maybe each week I'll, I'll mention you know the <laughs> cooked meal I had just to kind of set set the table, if you will. Yeah, yeah, nice. Wet our appetites and set the table. You're full of the uh, the punniness tonight. That's great. Um, and just for the record, I just had my lunch here in Japan, and it was uh, not quite as healthy. Actually, I can't even tell you what all of it was. It's just it's wonderful <laughs> Japanese food, but um, but it was good. It was good. I, I, well, I wish you could. If you meant you, you could, t- you couldn't tell us, or that you weren't gonna, weren't gonna tell. <laughs> no, there was unfortunately a bit of fried chicken in there, but just a little bit, and then uh, you know rice cakes, just the usual kind of <laughs> Thursday, uh, Friday afternoon lunch. <gasps> All right, silliness. Okay, any other headlines you want to go to, or should we go to well, some balls? I'm just gonna mention one other on this on this binge and purge that we call uh, the list of headlines. The photo that I add to this post, I think, is a rather alluring photo of a cover of a new book called Girl Hunter revolutionizing the way we eat one hunt at a time. And I grabbed this story from the Daily Mail. Former investment banker becomes a chef, buys a gun, and learns how to hunt her own food. She used to be hobnobbing with the high rollers in Manhattan and said she would kind of watch the you know the food cart go by and the commissary and go, is this really what it's about? And realizing that, oh, if I'm going to eat meat, I'm, I need to go kill it. So, of course, being kind of well-to-do and you can suddenly decide that you want to go move to the country and learn how to be a hunter, already being well-off kind of affords you the ability to do that and know that you have a safety net. But pretty fascinating that I think, you know, that, again, even the sort of so-called elites are already, as as we've seen probably the last several years, taking back to nature. Exactly, and I think, yeah, it, very much the elites know what's going on and, and know which way the wind's blowing, and that's not to say that the elites is some kind of monolithic entity. I think they, a lot of them who are in the middle and lower ranks of the elites, they don't know what's coming next any more than, than the rest of us do. They just have the, uh, they can read the tea leaves like we can, and, uh, and that's why you see so many millionaires and billionaires buying, buying land or buying, or even spaces and, you know, faraway islands trying to get away from what's unfortunately coming to pass right now in America. So I think this is part of it, and uh, it's an interesting, I don't, I don't know if it's a trend, but it's an interesting idea anyway. And I think you're right, only the uh, only the very uh, wealthy can afford to, to go off and learn how to hunt and, and cook for themselves and things when uh, when most of us are just struggling to, to just put a roof over our head and food on the table from a day-to-day basis. So... So it is uh, unfortunately an indication of, of where things are going, and I certainly hope that more people can do that. But uh, we'll we'll uh-huh. see what comes of it. Well, and I'm sure you know we could we could all do it, but I think it's you know like I say, kind of having the ability to know you could do it with a safety net. And if you go, ooh, I don't like this, you could run back to the city. You know, where if you're no good at it, like I probably wouldn't be. <laughs> I'll mention one other headline: British town grows all of its own vegetables. Improved civic life. Reduced crime results, and that is from naturalnews.com. 
Well, that is a nice little headline, isn't it? And uh, that's pretty much what we're aiming towards, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So I think, yeah, that's uh, if to try and lead it to to uh, a positive point. But I'd I'd love to take to take calls. All right, cool. Well, we've got a couple of callers waiting patiently on the line. So we've got Michael in Seattle, not too far from James there in Portland. Uh, Michael, thanks for joining us tonight. Michael, are you on the line? Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? Okay. Yes, I can. Go ahead. Yeah, I've been uh, happy to uh, wait patiently because I wanted to say hello to both of you. I appreciate your work very much. One thing I wanted to say to James Evan Pilato is uh, given all the headlines that you found, uh, do you think that there is a chance that, uh, especially this last one where the people in England were gathering together, do you think that a movement uh, amongst disaffected people who are worried about the New World Order of joining together and forming communities of food and growing, do you think that might be the next wave is better than worrying about internets being shut down and all that. That really maybe is what hopefully the legacy, and legacy sounds like it's gone, but that something that Occupy would become, that it would become, you know, occupy that that abandoned lot in your neighborhood and and start making a garden. Definitely. Uh, Yeah, I mean, when it comes down to it, you know, and there are lots of fear-mongering about, you know, electromagnetic pulse sending us back to the dark ages. So, yeah, I mean, we could very well find ourselves not worrying about, you know, online piracy legislation because there might not be an online. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. That, that is, I mean, and James, you would probably agree. It's like that has to be the wave. I couldn't agree more because, as you point out, all of this Internet stuff and everything, of course, has enabled me to come to you and all of this. But really, I mean, it is the interdependence. It's the web that's catching us all, and it's going to make us more and more dependent on the system overall. So the ultimate solution has to come at a community level, and it has to come from people learning how to do things for themselves without any of this uh, technology to help people because they can pull the plug on that at any time, like with this SOAP Act and all these other things they're trying to do, but they can't pull the plug on people who know how to take care of themselves and live off the land. You know, back in the day when I first got into all this, people were saying guns, gold, and groceries. But I sat down and thought about it. People with guns will gain something for a short while until somebody with a faster gun shows up. People with gold can buy guns and groceries until the gold runs out. But the people who grow groceries, everybody's going to be talking to them. Yeah, that's an absolute, that's just a truism, isn't it? And it's something that we often tend to forget. All right, Michael, excellent points. Thank you for the call. We've got another caller on the line also patiently waiting. We have Tom in Wisconsin. So, Tom, thanks for joining us tonight. Hey, fellas, can you hear me? Yes, we can. Go ahead. Excellent. Um, James, I've, I've looked at your work on and off over the years, and you do a some work. I haven't uh, looked into your, your co-host test here at the moment, um, but I'll be sure to check that when I get off the call. Um, I, I really just wanted to say that you mentioned earlier that, that, that all of these things that are happening are like the quickening into the depopulation agenda. And, and it, is, it is the by the wrecking of, of this infrastructure that's been built, of uh, technology, by wrecking all this intentionally, people that have um, and like you know, banking families and, and their minions that have have 
reported some of the material about. Um, when they wreck all this, they're going to be able to sit off on a reservation and and watch the the bedlam you know play out. And um, you know ultimately it is it is going to be the return to the land um, that is going to be the one thing that will save whoever is able to think clearly for all of the craziness that will take place when these systems are finally wrecked, like a ship you know being wrecked on on a shoreline. Um, and, and, and you know, Al Jones, you know, a lot of people have their opinions about what he does, and uh, I think, I think, like most people, he only has so much information that he can cover with any kind of coherence. And um, there's one thing that he said to me that that kind of came to mind when when you were talking about the depopulation agenda and brought your guest on and talked about back to the land. We're going to have to return to an agrarian society that is able to interface with the high technology. To, to combat the encroachment on what we consider to be our right, both liberty and the pursuit of happiness. And, and that agrarian society is really the only way that we can actually stay a stable, healthy, prosperous society and, and not be, and, and be resistant, I guess, to the viruses of the modification that comes to our society, our culture, through this high technology. And I, I you know, I want to get your general comment on on that perspective. All right. Well, we'll hold it there. We're coming up on a break, but we'll hold you over the break, and we'll come back to that topic, an extremely important one. It seems to be the theme of this evening here as we've just gone over foodworldorder.com with James Evan Pilato. So stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. back friends you're listening to corbett report radio here on rbn and we are entering the final few minutes of tonight's broadcast and thank you all for listening in and i certainly hope you'll be with us tomorrow night where of course we'll be going through friday night highlights and going into the archives of corbettreport.com to highlight some of my previous work over the past five years but tonight of course we're talking to james evan Pilato of mediamonarchy.com and foodworldorder.com and we're talking about the food world order, generally speaking. And I, uh, obviously, this is a, a subject that resonates with a lot of people who really do understand that uh, what exactly what's going on and how it's uh, going to play out. And really, the solution has to come from ourselves and our community level. And I think that's something a lot of people understand, including Tom from Wisconsin, who's on the line. So, Tom, do you have anything you wanted to add to that? Uh, I mean, there's not too much to add because it would take too long to get into. But what I will say is that um, the biggest problem that we will have is going to be the lack of food available for all the zombies that don't understand really what it takes to produce the food that would sustain for an entire year in the course of a growing season when this all comes down. Absolutely. I, 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 I was going to say, I, I fear that you're right. And then, yeah, that it'll be the kind of people that'll just say, give me that. And in a way, it's something kind of frightening that I see you know, to the degree that we're just now talking about. But I work at a grocery store. I work at a small Pacific Northwest grocery store down here in Portland. But I even see sometimes the, the, the disconnect from people when you tell them you're out of something or it's out of stock. It's like, but why? Like, don't you have more back? As if it's just this endless warehouse and it doesn't have to be produced 
and, you know, and, and grown and harvested, let alone trucked and shipped and made here and packaged and all of those things. That right. Can, which can be that I, Exactly, which relates back to what uh, what uh, Tom was talking about before the break, which is that if we don't get back to the agrarian society, we're so disconnected from the land, we're so disconnected from the food supply, we're so disconnected from the, the, the basic physical reality of what food is and where it comes from that we do tend to think of it as just some some stock, some product sitting in the back of a room somewhere, and all it has to there is some limitless supply. So unfortunately, the, the collapse that we know has been planned and has been carefully calculated for a long time is something that will play into this agenda in a big way. And as I say, if you don't understand the eugenics agenda and the depopulation agenda, then in some ways you won't understand this at all, because at base, it's not about money. The elites have all the money they can ever create out of thin air. I mean, it's not that, that's not what it's about. It's about power and controlling people. So uh, just a few seconds left here. Tom, anything else to add? Oh, and I wanted to say that with the 50-year plan with regards to the bankers and the gold, They've got most of the gold, so when they wipe out most population and they go back to a gold standard to control the population, uh, that kind of plays into it. If they have most of the gold and we go to a gold standard, there's not nearly enough gold for all the people that are alive right now. So a gold standard wouldn't, simply would not work, and neither would a silver standard. And unfortunately, most people just don't understand this. I, I hear you on that, and people who don't understand that need to watch Secret of Oz and see how the bankers have historically argued for the gold standard. So I think it's a little bit of, oh, don't throw me in the briar patch when they argue against it out in public, exactly like they supposedly argued against the Federal Reserve Act. All right, closing minute or so here, James. Uh, just throw out your websites one more time for people who haven't checked them out yet. The flagship website is MediaMonarchy.com. Of course, we've been discussing FoodWorldOrder.com, but a great way to get the overview of a lot of this is actually on Twitter at MediaMonarchy, and it'll let you know exactly when my live show starts tomorrow. That's it, Twitter.com, MediaMonarchy. Thanks so much, James Evan Pilato. Thank you to Tom and Michael and John and all the callers, and, of course, all, the, all of you for listening. That's it for tonight's edition. Tonight's edition. I'm looking I'm forward good. to talking to you tonight, uh, tomorrow night on Corbett Report Radio.